Well, what is up? Welcome back to the Fortman Podcast. It is always such a pleasure to get to do a uh, guest in person. And my guest today, his office is about 20 feet from me. So I'm so happy to have Martin from Duck Commander on my podcast today. Christian, thanks for having me, man. I, I've always wondered what went on in this room. Cause yeah. It used to be our conference room, like tearing down the fourth wall for the viewer at home. And um, yeah, man, I was like, and then I saw John David, which kind of hurt that you asked him first, but that's fine. He's <laughs> he's a little louder. I get it. Like, he's more of a good time. I'm more kind of just mellow, chill. So, no, I'm kidding about that, by the way. But um, <laughs> it is a good time, and I'm glad to be here, man. Um, cool to see what you're doing with this thing, for thank, sure. Because I so keep much. up with everybody. I mean, if it goes on in this building, I, yeah. I have a reason as general manager to kind of keep up with everything that yeah. goes on. So, yeah. it's, you know. Yeah. Um, really cool. Yeah. Well, as the general manager, I appreciate you for letting it, for letting me have the space. Anyway, right, so. That's fine. Look, yeah. we, it's fine. We'll work out the rent one day, but yeah. now we're good. <laughs> we'll work it out. <laughs> well, it's perfect. Like I said, your office is like 20 feet away, but then where you record duck rooms, like probably five, 10 feet away. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's in between. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah we're, the sandwich. We're, we're, we're next door neighbors. <laughs> we're next door neighbors. Well, you know, so, I mean, obviously I, man, I know so much about you just from, you know, being up here and, and getting to spend time with you. But the one question I, I do want to talk to you about, because, you know, growing up, I did watch Duck Dynasty. I was one of those people, like millions of everyone else throughout the world who who did watch Duck Dynasty. But who who was Martin before Duck Dynasty? Ooh. And how did you how did you how did you and Willie meet and how did you become such a you know big role in the show and you weren't technically family? Yeah, I you know Man, that's a lot to unpack there. Because uh, I would say pre-Duck Dynasty, I was pretty much a punk. I mean, like, I was not a punk because I've always been just kind of chill, but just a heathen, yeah. like, into the world. Yeah. I'd do it. I didn't yeah. care. But you want to do that? It sounds like a great idea. Even though the whole time, I'm like, this is so stupid. But I was a good yes man. If you had yeah. a bad idea, I wanted to be along with it. So I was like, you know, so did a lot of that. Um, grew up here locally in West Monroe, been here my whole life. Um, and then, yeah, in college I was working at TP outdoors, mm-hmm. um, was running the gun call or gun call, the gun counter, uh, as the manager. And that's when Willie somewhere in there, Willie took over the company. Will and Corey bought duck commander from Phil and Kay or, you know, bought half of it or whatever. So he started getting all the shotguns and stuff shipped through us. And we met through that and then, you know, I was a duck commander fan period. Cause I was a duck hunter, but, and I lived here with them, but I didn't really know them. And mm-hmm. like, you just knew Phil lived at the end of the road and you didn't dare go there. Like, and, and it was weird. Cause everybody's like, well, just go to church with them. I was like, well, that seems totally weird to go to church. Talk about duck hunting. So no, I'm going to stay away from that too. But then meeting him there and we became friends. Cause I, I knew that if he came in our store, that was good for our store. Mm-hmm. so i wanted him to come there i made it inviting made it easy on him and uh, from that we became friends and started playing golf and playing poker and doing all things that willie does and next thing i know you know here i am i'm, I'm working for free for like the first three months i didn't get paid uh but that was on me um because i didn't want to be paid i was just in grad school trying to just let my brain breathe and i was like what's the easiest thing you got and he's like I need you somebody in sales. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Not a problem. Like that's mind numbing labor. I'm in. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, from then on, he said when I, when he got an email from me with the at duckcommander.com address that he should probably start paying me. Yeah. So from then on, yeah, I started getting paid and we still ran around together. I was like his second or third assistant ever 
but then he realized I was way more valuable than that because yeah. I could do. That's one of the weird was I could do everything at the mm-hmm. company. Like I knew how to blow duck calls. I could I could film. I could, so he was like, "No, nah, you need to stay at the house. I need another assistant." So yeah. So here we are. You yeah. Know? And once I ended up in the duck call room, Jason Godwin never let me go. It was like Hotel California. Yeah. Once I so ended up awesome. there, that's where I stayed. Yeah. So. so how many years were you working for Duck Commander before Duck Dynasty started? Let's see. I've been here. I was looking through pictures out there on a hard drive because I was looking for something. And I really did not know how long I'd been here. And I've been here for 14 years now. So 2009 is when I started. The show Duck Dynasty was, what, 2012? So three years. But in those three years prior, we had Benelli Presents Duck Commander. So I started here during season one filming of that so i was not a part of that show or anything i just kind of run around mm-hmm. with willie and then season two they included me and season three they included me yeah so and then it just kind of snowballed from there into the natural duck call building dynamic which is what they and e folks uh saw and so that's why yeah. me and godwin were in there and yeah um they had us a part of the show yeah so. that is so awesome yeah because i mean it really is i think you know, you and Godwin are like the two non-family members who are. Yeah, know, everybody always who, asks, who are, are y'all the their cousins? Yeah. Or are you there? I'm like, no, nah, man. We're well, just... I, bet, I, I bet when people see you, like they do, you know, just with the beard, you're, you know, you, you play the part. So I feel like people probably do just think that you're somehow part of the family. Oh, they, they think we're all related, which, you know, we always say the same thing. We're all blood kin through Jesus anyway. So yeah. like. But I'm just like, no, nah, man, I, I tell them the same thing. I'm like, look, those guys have to have somebody they can fire. So they keep me and Goblin around because they can fire us and there's no hard feeling. They're not family. Like yeah. it's not an uncomfortable Thanksgiving if you yeah. let us go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you know, if, That's true. if you let somebody else go, Thanksgiving and Christmas get weird. Yeah, so. it, it does get weird. <laughs> it gets really weird for sure. So you, okay, so you were, you were at TP Outdoors when you were doing your, like when you were doing your grad stuff and yeah. you started working here. At what point, just because you mentioned, you know, being a heathen throughout, you know, high school and college and stuff, when did you... Like, when did that kind of change for you when you so, started working for Duck So, when I started here, I, um, you know, I started, I was running around with Willie, and we were doing a lot of different things, um, running around with baseball players and you name it, yeah. like, all the, all that stuff. Before Luke Bryan was Luke Bryan, and before Jason Aldean was Jason Aldean, they had, like, two songs each. Yeah. So, we were out all hours of the night like and of course me i was like heck yeah like this is my life uh-huh. right here i can do this but i kept noticing willie was like he was there but he wasn't doing what we were doing uh-huh. and i was like i wonder if he's judging me you know but i didn't really think nothing of it and then when i got into the actual duck call room or the little shed beside phil and Kay's house or i was working basically a nine to five it wasn't nine to five but might as well have been it was as steady of a deal as i've been on since i'd been here um I just started looking around and noticing like Jace and Goblin and Cy were always happy in a good mood. No matter what life was throwing at them, they were still just like chill, fine. They didn't get frustrated about much. And so being a biologist by trade, I just started making a checklist. Like, all right, we work the same place, same hours, make roughly the same money. Like, and I start making this list and I get down and it come down to the only difference between me and them was that they had accepted Jesus and I hadn't. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, being a heathen, right? You, no, that yeah. can't be it. Let me start my list over. Yeah. Tear that up and start over. And then I come uh-huh. back and I'm like, okay, that's that's still the only one. And um, 
So, you know, I grew up in church. My grandfather um, was an Assembly of God preacher. Um, and so I grew up in church, was raised, knew all the scriptures. But for me at that point, prior to that, church was just, and, and a relationship with God was, it's like just memorization, beating my cousins, like being better than them. Cause I, yeah. you know, competition drives me. So like yeah. Sunday school, I wanted to be first done and I wanted to be the guy up front and like all that stuff. Yeah. So there was never really like a close relationship. I was like, it was like business. It was like, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to beat everybody in this class. Like, you know, I had to have an A. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was an A student. And through that, I knew it all. I, I mean, I could, I could re recite anything pretty much from part of the Bible you want. I was like, yeah, I, I know that. Blah, blah. But it didn't mean anything to me. Like, it yeah. was just the words. And so I started studying on my own not even telling them what I'm doing and observing and like actually studying and looking and reading, not for memorization, but for context and for depth and all that kind of stuff. And then finally one day I remember, I don't, I don't remember when it was, but I just looked up Jason. I said, Hey man, I just need to know more about Jesus and like what y'all's take on it is. And he said, well, it's about time. <laughs> and I was like, what? He said, I've been wondering how long it's going to take for you to ask. He said, because I know that's the one thing holding you back in life. And I was like, wow. Well, you didn't think to bring that up at some point? And he's like, no, you're too smart. He said, you would have just ran from it. And yeah. I said, you're probably right. Yeah, I, I probably would have. I'd have just dismissed you as something else. And then I said, we'd have probably, it had taken even longer to get to this point right here. So, uh, so then we started studying every day really reading, getting into things, breaking it down. And I started attending Whitesbury Road uh, with them just to get out of my grandfather's church, yeah. get somewhere new, get somewhere fresh, you know, just where nobody knew me. Like nobody knew who I was. I mean, they did because it's West Monroe, but like I worked for Duck Commander, but Duck Dynasty hadn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. None of that stuff had happened. And, um, and it was really cool. And I'll never forget, I went back to my grandfather's church on Mother's Day because I'm a mama's boy. That's mm -hmm. not let not kid ourselves. Like, yeah. so my mom was going there. I went to be with my mom on Mother's Day of 2011. I'm just reading, still studying really hard. I'm reading Acts and um, Acts 238, 39, you know, go repent, be baptized, forgiveness of your sins, all, all that good stuff. And at that same time, my grandfather, which was so weird for it to be a holiday, just openly made a baptistry call, which... Well, if you know a lot about Assembly of God Faith, that's not a big, those are generally like planned events. That's yeah, not uh -huh. like, hey, we're going to have this on, you know, this Sunday, third Sunday of every quarter or whatever. And, but this was just a random one out of the blue. And I'm reading, and I heard, and I looked up, and I read, and I heard, and I looked up, and I, I said, oh, he talking to me. Like, that, that's meant for me. So I marched on up there. Wow. Um, got baptized Mother's Day 2011 and have never looked back. That's you know? awesome. And yeah, it's just kind of a weird winding road that it took to get there. But I'm thankful for all the curves. I mean, I'm not, you know, I was a punk. and But yeah. in that, I got to meet people who then I still have a relationship with um, and have watched their lives transform too. Where if I would, if it wouldn't have been for those curves, maybe, maybe I don't meet that, you know, maybe we don't have those kinds of relationships. So yeah. really cool. And now, you know, it's just... It's fun, man. I, I, I tell everybody, like, that night I got baptized, best I ever slept in my life. Wow. Because I no longer cared if I woke up again. Yeah, that's awesome. Because like, you know then that, that feeling of assurance. 
wherever I'm going, it's better than where I'm at. Yeah. Like no matter how good this place is. Yeah. That's better. That's so, so true. That's a, it's freeing, man. Yeah. It's like, heck yeah, let's yeah. do this, you know? That's so cool. And, and, and cool. It's just cool. It's, you know, it's really cool to think about just God's timing in it. Cause you know, I'm sure you could probably speak to, you know, you just mentioned the story, the storage with like Jason and Luke and being out in those things and just being in the world because, you know, something we talk about in the podcast a lot, like worldly things are, they are fun. Like they're, but, but they're, but they're fleeting, you know, like you said, like waking up, you know, it's like, I think sometimes we just talk about sin in the way we're like, it's not enjoyable. Like doing things of the world, like it is fun, but it's not like there's no true like lasting satisfaction. in it. So what do you think, you know, how do you think your life would have, I don't want to maybe say panned out, but if you hadn't have had those moments, you know, being baptized and then having that before Duck Dynasty hit and you did get Ooh. famous, like, what do you think, how, what do you think would have happened? Your boy would have been on the cover of TMZ so fast. <laughs> or, I mean, like, yeah, because I didn't care. Yeah. Like, there was the repercussions, what were, yeah, who cares? Like, and I realized then, I always said before then, prior to then, so I'm a big sports guy, obviously, love college sports, especially. I always wondered how those guys could not keep their nose clean. Yeah. For four years, get whatever you need. Get I'm like, man, how can y'all not just stay out of trouble? Then Duck Dynasty happened. And I realized that anything in this world I wanted was right here. Yeah. I knew somebody that could get me anything I wanted. And yeah. I I mean anything. Yeah. Like just line it up. Line up which level of debauchery you want. I could find it. Yeah. Like it wasn't hard to find. And if I hadn't been, if that hadn't happened a year prior, yeah, I have, I mean, they would have obviously just weeded me out, I'm sure. Like, yeah, like, no, you can't trust him. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, which is fine. That would have been fine and their prerogative to do that as well. So, yeah. um, but with that, you know, instead, with all that timing now, I get to go speak at churches for wild game dinners and do a lot of public appearances and stuff. And you get to really, see people's lives transform man and it's really yeah. really cool and it, it it's all timing yeah I mean, for like, sure there's i couldn't imagine being john luke sadie all the kids because mm -hmm. they were kids yeah when the show so they were legit children mm -hmm. like bella's still sitting in my lap in the green rooms of whatever whenever we were filming she's just up there late and i'm like i just couldn't imagine that like that yeah for me i thank god they've all turned out as solid as they have because yeah, but i think a lot of that comes from a solid home base too and i think that's one thing we never lost during it was when we did that on sunday nights if we were in town we all met together and mm -hmm. when i say we all i'm talking about everybody that worked at duck commander we had house church at jace's willie's phil's didn't matter we all got back together to stay grounded in our faith and i think that was a key step. I think if yeah. we would have still just stayed kind of separate and come together for, I think you could have had some wander off and do some weird things. But I think those moments of togetherness, even outside of work, just to lift each other up were, yeah. were really vital to the success of us and even to the show. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Cause that's really cool. Cause there is such a groundedness to it, right? Cause you go from, you know, not being famous to being super famous to now being not as famous just because the show's not still happening, right? So if you're anchored in, you know, if fame is your anchor or if some other, you know, thing like that is kind of what you're tethered to, then you will 
be disappointed. Yeah. But if, you, but if but if you have something that is you know strong, which is you know Jesus for us, like you just ride the waves of life, whether you're famous or not as famous or or whatever. Like so, it's it's cool that yeah, it's really just cool that that happened to you, like you said, a year prior to having you know the biggest show on cable tv yeah what i call winning the lottery like we don't really realize it but like every one of us won the lottery yeah. like you know that's a one in however many chance and we all just hit it now some of us had a bigger jackpot than others like and that's cool but for me to be 38 and married for going on almost 10 years now have two kids and have next to nothing in debt because of that show that's that's winning the lottery. Like, yeah. you know, our lives are way better off than people who get out of college with a mound of student debt that then have to start working to pay off that and try to buy a house. Like, we're we're leaps and bounds ahead of even where my parents were. Mm-hmm. And we, we weren't wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but we never wanted for anything either. Like, mm-hmm. my parents both worked their tail off. And, and so that's really cool that hopefully – you know, played right and played well that that my kids will never have to want for anything either. Can always provide for them if they they want a new fishing rod. Hey, let's go get you a new fishing rod. You know, we won't have yeah. to go pick up Coke cans to get a new fishing rod or something like that. So yeah. really a cool thing. Um, you know, and if I act like I had anything to do with it, it's 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 the good Lord's provision. It's not yeah. it's not us. Like yeah. nothing we did. Nothing we did to deserve it. He just said, Here you go. And, yeah. And we took it. That's and, awesome. You know, and those opportunities don't come around often, but they seem to come around more often than not when you just follow him. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, I'm like, man, what are we going to do now? Like, golly, this thing, you know, what's next? And then I was like, well, let's try a podcast. Well, boom. Mm-hmm. And like, so it just keeps just happening. Keeps but I think it's because, or not I think, I know it's because we keep the captain of the ship the same. Mm-hmm. And it's not us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just, we back there riding in coach, just kind of, you know, chilling, yeah. whatever. And we, we let the good Lord drive everything and just follow that path. Yeah. That's so good. Well, you've been married for 10 years. You just said, and you'll have, you'll have two kids who are twins. So you had, Ooh. so you had two kids at the same time, but how Ooh. did, how did you, how did you and your wife meet? So we actually met kind of because of the show, um, I had went to speak in a deal right outside of Nashville um, and they had this big group and they had, um, it was like, it was a, kind of a weird illness group that afterwards they were like, do you mind praying with them? I was like, oh man, that's cool, whatever. So prayed with them. Some of them reached back out via Twitter. Twitter was kind of the big thing mm-hmm. and just so happened one of the girls there went to high school with Brittany and then Brittany saw that we interacted on social media and she was like, Hey, do you know them or whatever? And like, yeah, you know, he was spoke at our church, whatever. And she's like, I'd really like to meet him. So I was back up in Nashville. Um, and she introduced us and I was like, wow, she's pretty cool. Like this, this chick's pretty cool. And we decided like hung out for a weekend basically. Cause we got a lot of people in Nashville, right? I mean, between Jason, Luke, um, now all my in-laws, obviously, but I had other friends up there uh, that I've hunted with, Dallas Davidson, and through the years, just gotten to know them. And um, and we were like, man, we're not going to do anything. It's eight hours apart. And then like four months into it, we were like, what are we doing? This is dumb. So we decided to start dating. And uh, that was in, yeah, 2013. 
and then we got married in 2015. I, I decided to push it to a five year so anniversaries would be easier to remember. Because mm-hmm. she was like, let's, I was like, oh, no, let's put it in 2015. So I always know like zeros and fives are big ones. Yeah. Like I don't Zero have to. Five. Yeah. So we got five year, 10 year, 15 year. If the year is a zero or five, that's a big one. We need to pay attention there. And uh, so, yeah, that's how we met. Just did the long distance thing for a while, which I think was actually really good for us. Um, because it taught us how to function in a relationship without one of us there, mm-hmm. which is vital to even the life that I have now yeah. working here. Um, as much as I travel, I have to do company appearances, have to do the church appearances and all those kind of things. There's a lot of times, and especially now with the boys that Brittany just can't come. So it's allowed us to figure out how to function independently as well as dependently when we're back together. So, I mean, I think it's, yeah. a, I think it's a pretty good skill set. I hadn't even thought for, about that. That's cool. Yeah. Like doing long distance and then, cause you're prepping for that for marriage yeah. like in a way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was, and looking back on, you didn't know it then at the time yeah. it seemed miserable. It was like, man, I just wish she was here or whatever. But then when you look back on it, like actually the hardest part was learning to live together. Mm-hmm. Like because we went from eight hours distance to twelve feet. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Well, well me I and Sadie, don't know about this. Well, well me <laughs> and Sadie was so funny because we dated long distance for yeah like a year, and then we were engaged long distance for like yeah five or six months, and then we were married for two months or like probably three or four, and then COVID hit. We were from like long distance to like literally quarantining for yeah. a year or whatever, whatever it was. So yeah. It definitely, it definitely, it definitely was an adjustment. Yeah, for sure. That COVID life was wild, man. It was, yeah, it, it, was, was crazy. it was. Me and Brittany fished a lot. Yeah, that was because I figured out we can't stay in this house all day together. We will. <laughs> we gotta get outside. So uh-huh. you know, we we just we fished a whole heck of a lot that summer, and um, yeah, it, it's wild, man. I, I tell everybody that first year of marriage is tough. Yeah, man, it is hard because yeah. you got two selfish people. That are now saying we're not going to be selfish anymore, and guess what they are? Selfish. Yeah. They're still selfish. Yeah. I mean, you've had you've had however many years prior to that to be trained oh, yeah. to be selfish. Yeah. You think you're going to get over that in one yeah. ceremony? And that's the thing too. It's like, I, but I think most people, and this is just how I, at least growing up, I was just heard it was like, it's it's more so selfish with like possessions, which it is. Like, you know, selfish with, you know, you should clean the house, and you, you kind of like almost like a changing system of mm-hmm. like, if I do this, you should kind of do that. But really I've, at least what I, what, what we've kind of found, what I found personally, it's like, it's more so selfish with like feelings and like, you know, like I want to go do this for the weekend. You should let me go do it. Like I want to go do this in the morning. So it's really like, and then if, if there's a conversation that you know needs to be had, but you don't want to have a hard conversation, you're like, you want to be selfish to keep the peace or like just to not have to have a difficult conversation. Oh yeah. So you're, so you'll prolong, you'll prolong something like that. So I I found it to be more so selfish with like you wanting to almost be like comfortable, if yep. that makes sense, rather than just like, Hey, pick up your towel. Cause I'd like the house clean. Like I would agree with that. And see, we can't, I come from a family who, like you said, we just didn't talk about the uncomfortable things. Yeah. Like you just kind of, sat there and observed them and you did little things to maybe change patterns of behavior that you wanted to without saying this. And she come from a family that boom, head on. Uh-huh. So you want to talk about with us? Cause I'm like major conflict avoider. Like, yeah. no, it's fine. Whatever. I don't care what you, I, it doesn't matter. Cause I don't, I just don't want to, yeah. for me, a lot of times those things aren't worth it. 
The some yeah. now there are we have had some extremely hard conversations that are one hundred percent worth it. But for yeah. me, I have to sit back and evaluate: is this worth what we're going to go through to get to an expected result? Mm-hmm. And it's like. If it ain't worth it at the time, I just shy away from it. I'm like, no, nah, we'll circle back and just keep it in the list. But at the same time, when you do that, if you make that decision, you can't sit there and harbor it inside. Yeah, like you've got to just let yeah, it that's go. That's the difficult thing. Yeah. You've got to let it go knowing yeah. that it'll come back at another day. And some of that at the beginning was you would still, I would still harbor it inside knowing we needed to talk about it, but I'm not going to right now. So then. Once I finally figured out, and we figured it out through actually counseling, like, and it's one of those deals that I recommend every couple. For sure. Premarital, absolutely. After a year, go back for a little tune-up. Yeah, Just, tune just up. go, go, go in there, get tune-up. Look, you get your oil changed and your brakes done every year. That's fine. That's do true. that. Yeah. And then do it as you need it or want it. And so, like, for us, it's like a five-year deal. So we did it at one. We did it at five. Um, she actually just started some stuff with Freddie down at the end of the hall. And I've sat in on a couple of those sessions with her, like those, yeah. but seeing for her, seeing that I will go be there for those is like incredibly encouraging. Cause I do care. Like I, yeah. I want to know how I can help and not just guess that I'm helping. Like, what do you need from me? Yeah. And a lot of times that comes across better with an unbiased third party in the room. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. Like, cause what could have led to an argument? That's just a discussion. Like we're just talking like, you know, and I think that's a really cool thing. And I would, you know, from Arian, make sure that person's faith-based. Obviously, Freddie is. She's fantastic. Yeah. Love that she's in our office now. Like it's really cool. Um, But just do those things for your marriage, man. Make an investment in your marriage. An investment in your marriage isn't a long vacation. Yeah. An investment is to sit down and how to figure out how to do this right. Because I've always said, there's two things we all suck at marriage and parenthood because mm-hmm. you've never been either. Yeah. And you just got to get in the weeds and figure it out. And yeah. like, if you can have somebody like a counselor help you figure that out and shorten that learning curve, then do it. What is a hundred dollars an hour? Like, yeah, you know, it's way more expensive than that. Divorce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not going to find an attorney that cheap. Like, yeah. so like, I'm just saying, like, just go go get a tune-up, man. Like, yeah. It is. I, it's it's worked wonders for us. Yeah. Like, because we are so different. She's life of the party yeah. right out there in the middle, and I'm over here like. Yeah. I'm just chill. Yeah, you're I'm, just chilling. I, I'm just, I'm the scientist. Like, yeah. I'm sitting and observing everything, making mental notes, and yeah. like, but I ain't got to be out there. Yeah. She got to be right out there in the middle, which is, hey, I'm yeah. pushing her. Oh, hey, get out there, girl. Go have fun. You know? So. I didn't I, I didn't know that you were super into science and biology. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a nerd, man. I'm a nerd. I You've probably seen me walking in the back parking lot from time to time. I just go out there and check on my native grasses yeah. that are growing on the power line. It's, yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah. I'm a big nerd. Because I think, like, what's really cool, once you develop that relationship with Jesus, like, you can see the Bible in action yeah. in the environment. Like you see, you basically see the death, burial, and resurrection every year, mm-hmm. like fall, winter, spring. Mm-hmm. And so to like observe that whole process is really, to me, it's really cool. It puts it in a more hands-on way than just reading it in the Bible. Yeah. Like if I watch, if I watch a tree or plants or even animals do yeah. this thing and complete this cycle, I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, we're coming back out of yeah. the ground. 
That's awesome. Like it's it's really cool to see. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big nerd. Yeah. Um, so for you, so for you with Jesus, was it more of a hurdle, like giving up like worldly stuff you loved, or like also believing in bi like biology stuff? Um, you know, super scientific people are like all into evolution. And they are, like and and I'm even into evolution. I I believe in evolution. I let me rephrase that. Not the theory of evolution, but I do believe. That with our designer, he mm -hmm. gave us the ability to evolve. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I don't think that we crawled out. Yeah, I'm not an amoeba guy. I'm not. I'm not into that bag. Mm -hmm. I'm not into the Big Bang theory. I'm not into. No. Yeah. Uh -uh. Well, they've proven it. You've seen, you've seen animals of like, you know, a tribe of lions or whatever who hunt a specific way. Like, yeah, their genes have you know, through generations have continued because of they've adapted to like, so yeah, yeah there's evolution. It's an evolution like yeah. process. And I think, but no, I didn't have a problem with that. Cause I just used the natural world to back up what the Bible taught me. Yeah. Um, and then vice versa. Like I would then go back and see things there that would kind of help understand what he meant by scripture. And like, you know, you get in it and you start looking and like for us as wildlife managers, cause that's what we te technically that's what we are. Uh -huh. um, we're hunters, but we're managing the land and everything to be at its best potential so that it takes care of the animals. And then we tax it for a few animals. Like, mm -hmm. it's fine. We get our cut. They get their cut. They win in the end. Mm -hmm. We just have short-term gain over their stuff. But you can kind of see, like, pruning of vines and how that, when he's talking about that, what that new growth looks like and how it should be cutting off the bad or cutting down the bad and then it's replaced with new life and so like you can really see a lot of that stuff out there in nature where you wouldn't you know then you kind of just have to believe what the what the story says which is vitally important uh -huh. but when you get to see it like me i'm a big proof guy like i need to see it so when i see it i'm like yeah that's cool like this is there you go there, yeah there's john 15 right there cool man let's move cool. on yeah. you know shoot john yeah no john uh john 15 5 is my favorite it's my favorite bible verse yeah so it's it's really, really neat. But I, you know, the worldly stuff wasn't bad for me either. Like I just cut ties with all of my old friends at the time because I wasn't mature enough to be able to take that back. I knew I would fall into it, so I just yeah cut it off. Well, sp speaking of pruning, you just, yeah, <laughs> I just cut it off. But and it wasn't them. That was me. That was yeah. just simply me saying I can't be there because yeah. that's not where I want to be, and I know that I'll go back. So. Cut it there, started really spending a lot of time with these guys and people that were way older than me. Yeah. And um, it really got me into a spot where then a few years later, I circled back and rekindled some of my friendships back then. And like, we're still, we're back to being like, we never even missed those two or three years. Yeah. Like, so it's, you know, but yeah. I, I had to do that at the time because if not, I was going to, I was going to fall right back in. I wasn't yeah. strong enough yet, you yeah. know, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to do the verse, what, you know, go on sinning so grace can be more abundant. No, I didn't want to do that yeah, either. Like, six, yeah. I wanted the change to be mm -hmm. the change. Yeah. And so for me, that meant cutting off my ties to the world and which yeah. is really fine with me because I'm an introvert anyway. Like I yeah. go home and sit in the dark and we're cool. Yeah. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, but it's really cool now to have rekindled that and to see th their lives change and things that happened to them and now to lift up and encourage and you just kind of doing a whole cycle of things and it's yeah, really cool. That's awesome. Know? Cause there, there is a way to go about it. Cause I, I was the same, man. Like when I got to college, I had had this group who I just knew just was not, 
you know, I just knew it was, they were not the people I needed to be hanging out with if I was going to want to pursue, you know, Jesus. And I did make that step to just quit hanging out with them. And, you know, it was basically like cold turkey. And, and, and to some of pe- to some people, it's like, you know, that's judgmental, hypocritical, but it's like, but it's what you make of it. It's like, yeah. if, if you quit hanging out with them and you're constantly judging them, then maybe, yeah. But if it's, you're doing it for yourself because you know, like, because for me, I know my personality, like at that point, if I still wanted to pursue this, but dabble in this, then it was only three months before I was just back in it. Cause yeah. I'd seen that pattern throughout high school. I'd want to get serious about faith, but then I would keep going to parties and drinking and smoking, whatever. So like, yeah. <laughs> so you can see all those things of like, it's what you make of it. Like, yeah, you can take the judgmental approach, but you can also just cut it off and pursue what you need to pursue. And that's just really cool to hear you say that. Cause yeah, I think sometimes we can just be scared to do that because we're we're afraid we're going to offend someone. How's or how's it going to come off? But it's oh yeah, I had know. to listen to it from yeah. them. Oh, you holy roller now, you this yeah. that and other. I was like, hey man, I, y'all keep doing what you're doing, bro. Like, yeah, I'm not judging. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. Like at this point in my life, that's not for. And I was very clear about that. Like, I ain't judging y'all. Yeah, y'all do. Let me figure this part out, and then we'll we'll reconvene. Like, yeah. and then so you know, I was like. And it was fine. Like yeah. we were fine. They respected my decision. I respected theirs. And like I said, most of us are friends and now, I mean, still friends. And now it's weird because we're getting older. And one thing that happens when you get older, you start seeing each other at funerals and like yeah. just different things. And then you really get to have some, some deep, really deep cool conversation. life conversations that if you had stayed and y'all all kept doing the same path, what would you, you wouldn't have that opportunity. Because yeah. odds are that may have been one of us up there in that box. Like if we kept, if you kept, if you kept going down that road. So, yeah. you know, I think it was, I think it's abs- was absolutely necessary for me, but I think everybody's different. But I, I, you did hit on it. Don't, when you cut yourself from that life, don't sit there and judge what they're doing. It yeah. needs to be a focus on you. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're taking basically a kind of a page, so to speak, out of the monk's book and you're, you're going into isolation for a little bit so that, yeah. So that you can grow up, yeah. Not condemn them, because yeah. if you're condemning them, you're no better than if you were still in there with them. Oh, like yeah. that's 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 you're, not you're, our job. You're almost even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's you're, not our job. Yeah. Like, there's a judge, and I'm not him. Yeah. Like, and yeah, you know. So that's that's yeah. If you if you go down that road of isolation to condemnation, that's a that's a problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it it I mean it's it's one of two ways, right? It's like you either like you either because there there can't be good things that come from like still keeping some relationships if it's to like truly bring Jesus into it. So it's, yeah. it's almost like it's either you have to completely cut it off because you know you're going to go back to it or there's something on your life that you can still kind of be in it but not really struggle with it and try to pull people out. But there's there's no room for the whole judgmental part. Yeah, and there's the, not... those Plus those, those people are just the worst to be around. I mean, oh, ain't that the truth? And, and they're, they're, it's, yeah, when they have one foot in this one and one foot in that one, you're like, I mean, that's the ones where people, yeah. Christians, yeah. get a bad name yeah. because they're straddling the line, and you don't know which part of the line they're yeah. on. Which I tell you right now, if you don't know which part of the line they're on, yeah. they're they're on yeah. the other one. Yeah, they're well, not on yeah. this one. No, <laughs> like, and Re- and Revelation you know, says that you know he'll spit you out of his mouth. So it's yeah. like, that's a pretty gnarly. Yeah, I don't want to be treated like a no. sunflower seed. No, like no, 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 thank you, <laughs> no, thank you. Well, you, you, you kind of touched on this early on. I, I want to just kind of briefly talk about it for a second because I, I would not, if I saw you, I just would not think that you were a conflict avoider. You know, yeah. you're a bigger guy. You're just, you, you have a presence. What, uh, so I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're an Enneagram 7. 
Maybe. I don't know. I've never taken one of those. You never taken one? No. Yeah. Well, I just didn't know because you, you know, you try to avoid conflict and just try I to do. Just I do. I, I try things. to, my deal with conflict, I try to avoid it, but I'm also, I'm not scared of it. Like, yeah. I just, if there's another way to work it out without it being a quote unquote conflict, that's yeah. what I'm going to choose. Yeah. Um, and that's just, and that goes, I mean, you can ask the people here as I'm general manager that work up under me. I'm not the guy to call you in my office and chew your butt out. That's not, it's not the way I am. That's not, it's like, Hey, let's sit and talk. Let's figure out a path through this Yeah. without it being adversarial. Yeah. Like I always want to give the approach that I'm building you up. Like here's a change I've noticed that I think you can make that would make you infinitely better in your position. Yeah. And it, but it's not really stop doing this, stop doing that. And that, cause that's what I see as conflict. Yeah. Versus when you actually say, look, man, I've noticed like you're struggling with this, but why don't we try this and see how that helps? And yeah. so, and that way you're giving them the power yeah. to make the change. And I think when you do that, I think in my mind, it's the difference between being a boss and being a leader. Yeah. Uh, a boss is the person who comes in there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And a leader is one that'll get in there in the weeds with their employees and do the thing. And I say employees, your wife your kids you you get in the weeds with them yeah and let's all get out of it together versus here's the recipe yeah get good. out of it yourself good luck i'm yeah. going here doing my thing i'm just not i'm not about that life like because mm -hmm. i i mean i think i got that probably instilled in me from football mm -hmm. uh coach don shall's legendary high school football coach here in west monroe was not not look that little short rascal would jump up there and grab my face mask and pull me down and the whole time he was yelling at me, had a smile on his face, and I knew that he loved me. Yeah. And he only wanted me to be better. But he was never tearing me down as he was yelling at me. It was always to build me up. And yeah. at the time, I thought it was 100% tear me down. I hate this guy. Yeah. Like, what the heck? And then, like, three years removed from it, I'm like, I walked up to him one day, just hugged his neck. I said, I never knew what you were preparing me for, but thank you. Yeah, like, that's cool. You know, and that was... And I've taken that that kind of directive in my life. Like that's just the yeah. it's just the way I prefer to do things. Let's build it up yeah. versus tear you down. Yeah. Like the world will tear you down. You don't for need sure. me for that. Yeah. The world will do that for you. How do I help build you up? Yeah. And that that's just kind of yeah. How I avoid conflict. That's awesome. Well, with your like with conflict, like with your personality type of kind of wanting to, you know, avoid it. Like you said, how do you deal like how do you deal with criticism and like critique in marriage for instance like if you because sometimes you know like for me if, if sadie points on the nut i can be defensive about it and be like well did you not see me do a plethora of other things so how do you like yeah. still lead the household but like not retreat back for something like that where you know that you could be doing something better so this is one of our biggest conflicts in marriage is this is how i deal with it yeah because the man in me wants to be defensive mm -hmm. a little bit. But I know if I go on the defensive, so is she. I figured that out. I was like, okay. So I generally just sit there and listen, and it drives her crazy because she wants me to talk back. But I, I, at that point, I know better because mm -hmm. I'm just going to say something that's going to escalate it to the next level. So I just sit and listen, and I generally walk outside and I process what she just said. And and I try to remove all tone, all emotion, 
all things from what she just said and just get back to the words of what yeah. she said. And when I've processed that, I go back in and say, okay, I hear you. Like I will absolutely 100% work on that. Um, and if I don't agree with that assessment, then that's basically the same thing. I hear you, but here's my thoughts on that. And then, so it just, it kind of calms and diffuses the whole thing. Um, but you know, sometimes, I mean, not saying that conflict and confrontation isn't a healthy thing, mm -hmm. but it can get real unhealthy real quick. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of a, a way to kind of wade through those two things while keeping the ones that are there to, for, that are productive, you can, but for the most part, like, let's just, let's talk. And it, I, I don't like being criticized. I, nope. Who does? Yeah. Right. Like, it, yeah. and I say that I don't like being criticized from people I love and that I know love me because in some way I know that I've hurt them. And that's a, uh, that you don't want to do that. Now online, call me fat, call me bald, call, I don't care what you criticize me all you want to. I care less. Like that does not bother me. Uh-huh. I, I, everybody's like, you read those comments? I'm like, heck yeah, I read them. I laugh. Like, I think it's hilarious. Like that stuff doesn't bother me, but it's from, when it's from somebody close to you. Yeah. Those are, those are real deals because you know, in some way you've caused them to feel that way. And I want to do everything I can to make sure that I never cause them to feel that way again. So mm -hmm. that's why I walk out. I generally, every time I walk outside, I sit in a rocking chair on the back patio and I just replay the conversation in my head to make sure that I'm hearing what what I think is her point before I go back in and let's talk about this. Cause I mean, I can't, I can fly off a handle who can't. And yeah. like a lot of times what we'll do too, is we will write stuff down, stick it on bedside table, stick it in the bathroom mirror or something like that to say, look, last night didn't really like this. Let's talk about it sometime whenever, you know, we think we're both ready. And a lot of stuff gets resolved. Some of them get thrown up and you never talk about them anymore because it never becomes a point of contention again. Yeah. So it's just a communication thing. Like the communication, whether it's written, verbal, physical, whatever, it just, you've got to make sure you do your best at communicating, which is really hard for me because I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just, I like to listen and gather and I don't like to spit a lot out. Um, where she is spit everything out. All of it, all of it, all of it, the whole time. And I love that about, it. and I actually envy that and admire, because I wish there were parts of me that could do that. And she always says, she said, and I wish I could be like you and just not let some of this stuff bother me and just move on down the road. So, I mean, it's really a cool ebb and flow. Yeah, cool. And as long as you're on the same page and you know that your end goal is the same, you can't really get too far out of line. You know, like it's just not going to ever get too far out of there now there's times like the end of duck season is always a stressful time because she's been alone a lot yeah um and and they need women more so need that companionship more so than men i mean like from their partner so mm -hmm. you know come come february 1st it's time to to, to recoup <laughs> it's time to recoup and but like this year i did something i never i've never done and it may become a deal like we're leaving December 29th and we'll be back January the 2nd. We're going on five days to Mexico to let her have some sun, sand, and life. And I'm going to be sitting there not checking my phone, looking at ducks. It's going to be really hard, yeah. but it's a commitment that I made to show her like, I hear you. Let's go. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, let's do it. 
Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, be our first like trip away without the kids at all. So I think it'll be really fun in yeah. the, in the grand scheme of things. So that's going to be hard because yeah. those five days are really generally really really good duck hunting. But I'm not going to do it. I yeah. told her. I said I'm turning my phone off. We're not worried about it. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree with that because even like I've been hunting. I've been deer hunting the last couple times, and because there is there is something about like trying to navigate like because I I just feel guilty. All right. Like. I went hunting, I think three or four times, and I left at like three fifty in the morning. And I'm not lying; every day I went hunting that early. Honey woke up at four a.m. and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and then and then the next day, she's like, "Can you please just not come? Because Honey's gonna wake up." And she she slept until eleven. And I was like, uh, it was I just got I was getting so max. I was like, every day I choose to go hunting. Both of the kids were awake at four thirty, screaming, and Sadie's by herself there with no help. Yeah, and I'm like. Because then, um, yeah, then I'm like, I feel guilty. Then I, I don't want to go do it. Then I'm sitting in the deer stand, can't even enjoy being out in creation because I'm like, I, I wish I was home because I said he needs help, yada, yada, yada. So even just navigating all those things. And you know, the last thing I kind of want to ask you is, it's just the, this idea of refining, right? Because we talked about pruning and it is, you know, the bad fruits in our life that, 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 that God's pruning and cutting off. But this idea of refining, like each season, or maybe not, excuse me, each stage is more refining. Like dating for me was more refining than singleness. And then engagement more than dating. Marriage more than um, marriage more than engagement. And then kids is like 10x times whatever. Man. So, and I was going to ask you your first reaction when you when you, when you you first had twins, but I think you kind of already did it. <laughs> Just a, a, a sigh of deep breath. But for you, what has been the most refining thing of, of having kids? Well, I think it is so weird um, because, man, we were to the point like, you know, I'm 38 and we had tried a few times, you know, off and on and just didn't happen. And then finally, you just get to a point like, okay, maybe this isn't in the cards for us and adoption is and all that kind of. So, you know, you've bridged that gap mentally, which is a big gap to bridge. Which is cool, though, because we're totally cool with adoption. And it, we're still not ruling it out. If we feel like we need another kid to complete our family, adoption is very much on the table. Biologically, it's not. I have had that issue resolved because <laughs> it was a big enough shock going from zero to two. I couldn't even imagine what would happen if you went from two to four. So we're like, no, get that out of here. Um, but with that being said, it is so – I'll never forget – like when we went in, she had FC sections. We had one breach and one ready, but the doctor was like, we're just going to do both C-section. We're not going to put you through, like, we're not going to have kids born seven, eight hours apart, potentially. We're not going to put you through that, mom. Yeah. So we did C-section. And when they pulled Waylon out of there, I have never been more terrified in all of my life. Like thrilled, obviously, but just, pure unadulterated terror like i am now responsible yeah. for for him yeah for, like, forever for forever like god are you sure yeah that that you want him under my direction are you sure but it's too late now and then when they got jackson out and held him up i was like i think i'm gonna pass out more terror like, i mean like more it terror. was it went from terror to like paralyzation <laughs> and i was just like because i love kids i always have like 
but I've never been solely responsible. And I'm not solely, obviously, we're, but we are a unit as yeah. one. So we are solely responsible for this child's life and well-being. And, and they don't give you a manual. They don't. They just pat you on the butt and say, good luck. You yeah. know, we'll see you in five days or whatever. And it was just so wild. But as we have grown through the seasons, like, I'm not going to lie tell anybody that parenthood for me has been great and wonderful and all them first six months were miserable for us i mean we got two of them they're on kind of different schedules like we're trying to keep them on the same schedule but one's growing faster than the other and like it was just misery and then all of a sudden you look up one day and it was about six seven months and it's like this calmness comes Mm -hmm. for for us it just was like okay we think it, this this feels right now. This feels normal. It feels natural. Like the kids are starting to interact with you. They're smiling. They're laughing. And you're like, I see a path forward. And then fast forward to now at a year, they are infinitely more fun than they were at six and seven months. Yeah. And, like, and so now I'm just like, now I'm like, it's hard for me to stay in the present because I'm just so anticipating the future because i'm like mm-hmm. well if this is this fun what's this next stage going to be yeah and the next stage so it's like it's a really cool transformation but it's like you said like i during duck season during teal season wasn't that bad because the hunting sucks so i didn't really want them there i was like man i'm glad i didn't have to take them today this would have sucked but now like i went deer hunting last week i shot a doe and the only thing i could think about it's like man i wish they were here mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm ready for for that stage of where walking with their little flashlight right beside me and like so that's that's what I'm really that's cool like anticipating looking forward to is to immerse them in the outdoors and if they want to hunt and fish great if they don't great I'm not going to force it on them but I will introduce them and hopefully impart on them a respect for all things wild um and they can choose to do that what they will. I'm never going to force them to do anything they don't want to do hobby-wise. No, there will be behaviors that we yeah, for sure. We have to break. <laughs> but I told Brittany last night, she's, I do a lot of the bath time because generally she's with them most of the day or because she's a stay-at-home mom right now. The good Lord has blessed us to I make enough income where she can stay home mm-hmm. and we don't have to really depend on other people to raise our kids or anything. And that's really fun and really cool. So when I get home, I kind of take over. And from five to bedtime, I'm I'm kind of the point man. So I was we we're in the bathtub. She come walking in there, and Jackson goes to stand up in the bathtub, which is a big no no. And I just point at him and I say no, and he plopped right back down. And she looked at me and she's like, "How'd you get him to do that?" I said, "Well, what you haven't seen, even though he's a year old, I just tap him on his hand. I say no, and I sit him back down and I say, "Good job, good job, buddy." And she's like. Where did you learn that? I said, from training our dog. Like, I said, it's just positive reinforcement of good behavior. And so now, like, when he goes do it, I can just look at him and go, no. And he sits down and smiles at me because he knows I'm about to say, good job, buddy. And his brother, a little more hard-headed, taking a little bit longer to break him of the standing in the bathtub habit. But he's getting there. But now, Jackson, it's so weird, man, these kids – Raised by the same people, born at the same time. Everything's been the same, and they could not be more different. That's crazy. I got one, Jackson, who seems to be a people pleaser. Like, he, he don't want you to ever get on to him. And I got Waylon. Ooh, He looks at you while he's eating, grabs whatever he's eating, and goes, "Yeah, 
<laughs> and drops it and then just looks down at the dog and i'm like you little rascal like honey's so funny she she had this she has something and she she was feeding it to our dog and and i said honey you're gonna get in trouble she said um oh what'd she say she she said uh she said, are you gonna give me a spanking i said no and she said are you gonna put me in time out and i said no and then she said <laughs> And, I, and she's two, and I was like, "Oh, I was like, you've got to be kidding me!" So like, she's found this the wiggle room of like, what is what is tolerated? And yeah. I was like, then I just had to laugh because I was like, "No, okay, hold on, yeah. you can't do that just because there's not like physical disciplinary and things that I'm going to do for you right now. You can't feed the dog table like, scrap. Table scraps. Yeah. I mean, it's okay every once in a while, but like, you know, it, yeah. But Waylon just. And he looks at you when he does. It. He waits till he makes eye contact with you to do it. Like he won't. If you're not paying attention to him, he won't do it. But as soon as y'all make eye contact while he's eating, whatever's in front of him. It's so funny. And just like Mike drops it, yeah. and I'm like, you little punk. Yeah. Like you, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know. And shame on me for letting it be known that it bothers me. That's but, what's crazy. It's like even at such a young age, like they do know. Like Honey has the hardest. She she talks all day, but it is so hard for her to say I'm sorry. At two, and I'm like, it's just, it's two words. It's the same, like, just like saying anything else, like Barbie doll, like everything, but she just, like the principle of I'm sorry, like she, there's just something innate that she knows that's just, yeah, it's just a stubbornness and just a hard-headedness. Yeah. It's crazy. Amen. Amen. Crazy. They're way smarter than we give them credit to be at that they age. Are. I can say that. They so. are. They are. Man, Martin, it's good to know you. I uh, I love getting to just hear more of your story just pre Pre duck commander, pre duck dynasty. I didn't know any of that. That's really cool. Yeah, um, man. Just en encouraged by it. So, I'm an open book. I tell everybody that. I, you know, I'm the good Lord could have burned me a hundred times over, and He didn't. So I figure there's a reason. So yeah, no reason to hide any of it. I don't. I don't think I'm Phil's level where I want a movie made about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> there's some pretty unsavory stuff saying, there. No, I, I definitely don't want a movie made about yeah. my worst so, stuff for sure. But if you ask me about it, I'm not going to shy away from it too. Because yeah. you know what, I did it. I own my mistakes and yeah. um, just the way I was raised. And yeah. if you if you did it, whether it's yay or nay, admit it, own it, and move on. So yeah. uh, no, it's fine, man. Well, man, we'll have to we'll have to slide you over ten feet and talk about well, your latest on. deer hunting follies too. So I, I like I, that. I'll get on it, man. Well, thanks <laughs> thanks for being on the Fortman podcast. Hopefully, uh, you're encouraged by our conversation, and you go get out in the woods and go do all the things. But more than that, we hope that you. Uh, you know that you find things in your life that you feel like God is pruning, and you you accept that because some a lot of times we can be there's things that we know that we need to cut off, but we we it, it can be painful, and we don't want it to happen. So I hope that you're encouraged by it, and that you do repent of things you've been going through. And you know, if you want to choose to get baptized, I think that'd be amazing. And uh, yeah, just let God let God do whatever He needs to do in your life to uh, to get you to where you need to be. So thanks for tuning in, and Martin, thanks for being on the podcast today. Absolutely.